Welcome to Education Rx. The education system in the U.S. is sick, and we all need to find ways to heal it. I'm Holly Bronson. I'm Shannon Donaway. Together, we have almost 50 years of experience working as professionals in a school setting. We may not have all the answers, but we're looking for people who have a piece of the solution puzzle. This is Education Rx. Welcome back to our interview with Paige Edmonds, where we will continue our conversation about nutrition. So talk about a little bit, because it's not just the kids that we're worried about. I know as an educator, when I'm in the building and working with teachers, I see that a lot of teachers are just eating stuff that's on the go. Maybe they don't pack things. They're not, they feel so exhausted at the end of the day. They're grading papers. They don't think to pack the night before. And then the morning of they're running late. And then they don't eat healthy. And I know that impacts them more than they even realize with not having the patience or the stamina to get through the day. And I think teachers, educators, special service providers, administrators, you need to hear this. You need to take care of you. Definitely. So talk about what they could be doing maybe to create some of those patterns and how to do it quick and easy. Yeah. I mean, your food, it really controls everything. What you put into your mouth controls how you feel, how you handle your stress, your clarity, your motivation, your drive, your quality of life. And so I've worked with quite a few teachers. And unfortunately, I would consider a lot of educators and nurses to be two of the most burnt out fields. And those two fields are the kind, the type that you don't know when your bathroom break is always going to be. You don't know necessarily when you're going to get to eat again, because yes, for educators, you might have your lunch break, but what if that lunch break is helping a student? What if that lunch break is helping out another educator? What if it's, oh my gosh, I got to switch the lesson plan this afternoon. What if there's an emergency? So you just, you never know. And this is where the power of intermittent fasting can be incredible for educators. And so go to Dr. Mindy's YouTube channel and podcast. I mean, that's where you'll find all the ins and the outs of intermittent fasting, but we find, here's a good example to get you to start thinking about it. So we have two energy systems in our body that are dictated by what we eat. We have a sugar burning system and we have a fat burning system. And so when we are, when we're eating, our blood sugar goes up, that's activating the sugar burning system. When we're in a sugar burning system, depending on how much sugar we eat and sugar, again, you don't have to necessarily be eating just sugar. Protein can convert to glucose. Carbs convert to glucose. So it's anytime you eat and your blood sugar goes up, you go into that sugar burning. So the more sugar you eat, the more that that system is activated. Well, the more that that system's activated, we find that most people, they can't focus as well. They tend to get an energy crash once their blood sugar goes up and then it drops. It can affect your cravings, your mood, everything. And so once your blood sugar goes up and it goes back down and your blood sugar has been down for a period of time, you start to activate the fat burning system. And when we're in that fat burning system, we have better, better mental clarity. We have better energy. We have better focus. Most people find that they have a calmness to them, but they're also happy at the same time. And so this is the beauty of intermittent fasting is we start to tap into that fat burning system 
more throughout the day than we are in the sugar burning system. Because if you're someone, if you're an educator, I know you go to school very early. So if you're like, okay, I got to get my breakfast in. So let's say you're eating by six o'clock. You're not getting home until late. So maybe you're done eating dinner by seven or eight. And then you, your only time to yourself is before bed. So you like to eat in bed because I mean, how fun is that to have your alone time, your snacks in bed? A lot of people then might eat until they go to bed, wake up and eat right away. They're never getting into that fat burning system where you can get better energy, better clarity, better focus. And so if you were to start to practice intermittent fasting, you would be able to tap into more of that fat burning system where you're going to feel better. Okay. We can't be in fat burning all the time. We have to eat. So as you wisely said, Holly, when you break your fast, when you have breakfast, doesn't matter necessarily what time of day it's at. We're finding that breakfast being the most important, the meal, that's kind of an older nutrition myth. I, I believe breakfast, the quality of your breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but it doesn't matter what time it's at, whether it's 8 a.m. or noon. It's that first meal of the day, what it consists of is way more important than what time it's at. Okay. So if you break that fast with primarily proteins and healthy fats, your blood sugar is going to be stabilized. You're going to have more energy protein. It's made out of something called amino acids. Mm -hmm. Amino acids are what are required for our neurotransmitters. Our neurotransmitters are our dopamine, our serotonin, our feel good hormones. We also need these amino acids for hormonal development. We need them for, or even no matter what age you're at, you need amino acids to produce your hormones. So protein is, is so critical and it will also keep you satiated. So it can help with your cravings. So I always recommend if you are eating dinner later, because you have a busy day, you're not getting home till later, can you maybe push off breakfast? Can you have your coffee? If you do need some, some sort of substance, some people are finding that they put some healthy fats in their coffee. I don't know if you've ever tried putting like MCT oil or some people put grass-fed butter. Some people put a little collagen in their coffee. That can kind of be your breakfast. And then when you have your first break or you have lunch, have it be something that you prepped that's primarily protein and healthy fat. So can you pack those egg bites? that we had talked about from yeah. Costco. Like on this is what I, I used to work in a very busy clinic where I had to meal prep because I was at the clinic all day. So I would on Sundays, I would take out my five containers and put different like platters of food. I didn't necessarily always plan a meal. It was literally like what I was explaining with you. If you pack your child a lunch, can it be some sort of protein, nuts and seeds, healthy fat? Can you put some cut up veggies in there? Maybe if you like salads, take of a salad mix, put that in your five containers, bake some chicken breasts, bake, bake five chicken breasts on a Sunday, season it really well, put those in the containers. I love recommending roasting vegetables. I mean, a lot of people mm -hmm. don't like vegetables because they don't know how to prepare them. They don't know how to season them. They don't know how to make them where they're actually palatable. Raw veggies, they really don't taste that great. I'll be honest, and I love nutrition. So that would be an idea. Make a big platter of roasted veggies. Put that in with, with those containers. We find that if you don't prepare, you will fail. And if you don't take the time to prepare earlier, we find that 
like at the end of the day, let's say you haven't prepared dinner, thought about dinner earlier in the day, you have so much decision fatigue by the end of the day that you have to prioritize thinking about your food earlier in the day when you have more energy for it. Otherwise it's easy to go for fast food or the packaged food at home. So, I mean, I, I'm biased because I love nutrition. I feel the power of it, but that's all I think about. I think about what is my breakfast going to be like? What's my lunch and what's my dinner? Because if you don't prepare, you will fail. I know that's true because when I get to the end of the week and I haven't had a chance to like make sure that I went through my refrigerator and I have the things I need, I'm more likely to eat the quick and easy stuff that isn't so healthy for me. So absolutely prepare. And I, it took me maybe three or four days to get used to fasting and doing that intermittent fasting. And I really, really like it. I do put some heavy cream in my coffee in the morning (laughs) because I like the creaminess of it. I've tried some different fats, but that's what I kind of fell on and I I really enjoy it, but it's great. And I took the not sweetening it, but I did get used to it and it's good. (laughs) It actually, the the heavy cream too, it's going to help stabilize your blood sugar. It's going to give you the healthy fats for your brain. So I think that's great. The other thing too, having some people when they have coffee without food, they get a cortisol spike. And cortisol is a stress hormone. And so putting what we find is that when you put some healthy fat in your coffee, that blunts that cortisol spike because you're not just consuming caffeine on an empty stomach. You have some healthy fat. So what Dr. Mindy teaches, a good way to know if you get a cortisol spike from your coffee would be you have to test your blood sugar before and after consuming the coffee. So a cortisol spike will raise your blood sugar, even if you didn't eat food. So even though coffee has no calories, you can still get a blood sugar spike because the caffeine could could spike your cortisol. So what we recommend is you get, we like the Keto Mojo, but most drugstores will have a glucose monitor that you can buy on your own and you you do have to prick your finger, but you would test your blood sugar right before you have coffee. And then you test it about 30 minutes after. If your blood sugar goes higher than 10 points, then you got a cortisol spike from it. And technically that would kind of pull you out of your intermittent fast. So it's a good thing to, if you are going to try intermittent fasting, you might want to invest in a tool like that. If you want to have your coffee and then fast through the morning so you can see what that coffee is doing to your blood sugar. That is great advice because people always wonder like what I'm eating. I have a question. Would just personally, would tea do the same thing if it has caffeine in it? It can. Now the caffeine content in tea is a lot smaller than the caffeine content in coffee. However, some of us are caffeine sensitive, so it would be worth testing. Yeah, And then if it does spike, then put some MCT oil or heavy cream. I know that sounds kind of weird in tea, or maybe even some full fat coconut milk that Mm -hmm. might blunt that response. And coconut milk is really good in tea. I don't know about heavy cream. I've never tried that in tea personally. (laughs) I guess it would be kind of like having milk and tea. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't taste that much different. It's just thicker. Yeah. Yes. And butterier, creamier. I like it because it's creamier, but yeah, I think for a lot of teachers, that's something that you can do in the morning to hold you over if you're going to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect because you can have your coffee. I mean, coffee doesn't take all that long in the morning. I would rather you make it at home than stopping. One, you save money, but two, you can control what goes in the the coffee a little bit better, but that would be your breakfast. And then you do maybe the night before have a few things packed 
for when you when you do get to school. And if you don't have a place to refrigerate, you were talking about trail mixes, nuts. I love when I get a sweet tooth at night, there's a couple brands and I'm trying to remember, I think one is called Rind. It takes freeze-dried coconut flakes, but they coat it with cocoa powder, but it's not, it doesn't have sugar, but together with the coconut, it gives a little sweet, but oh my gosh, and it's fibrous. So I can eat those instead of having like candy or something. And it really does satiate that sweet tooth. That's amazing. Do you find that affects your sleep at all? I'm just curious because there is a little caffeine in cocoa. Like oh, that's I might, true. That yeah. if I have dark chocolate too late, I'm like, oh, a little wired. See, and ca- I could seriously drink espresso and go right to bed. I I am a person with ADHD, and so for me, caffeine doesn't really perk me up. It kind of stabilizes me or makes me sleepy. <laughs> wow, that's that's wonderful. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm the everybody's opposite. Everybody's different, right? Everybody. Have to be. Yes, everybody. It's it's <laughs> it's so true. And even with kind of going back to if you have a picky teenager and trying to eat, trying to teach them healthy ways, you have to just stay patient with them. And it may seem like you're trying this food and that food and that food. You will eventually find some healthy foods. And it's okay if you have to keep going back to those foods, but, but don't give up on it. The other thing that's interesting is you guys may have heard it. It takes about 15 times to acquire a taste to a new food mm-hmm. for a lot of kids. So even just having them try one little bite, that's one of those 15 times before they learn to acquire that taste. So don't give up because each kid, each teenager is different and you will find healthy options for them. You, it just takes experimenting and it takes patience. And for adults too, if you are an adult that maybe was raised with convenience foods or fast foods, and you really want to make that change, be patient with yourself and, and give yourself those 15 times to start making that shift for sure. Yeah. And then try different ways of preparing it. So maybe you don't like broccoli that's steamed, but mashed broccoli can be a, a very lovely side dish. Yeah. So what I love to do is, and I actually personally, I don't digest broccoli the best unless I um, puree it. So I will put steamed broccoli in my food processor and puree it. So it turns into like a broccoli mash. I drizzle some extra virgin olive oil, some sea salt, pepper, and garlic powder over it. And it is such an amazing addition to the side, like instead of mashed potatoes almost. And my digestion can tolerate that. And then it tastes a lot better than steamed broccoli, in my opinion. So get creative with it. Have fun with it. Hey, folks, we just wanted to interrupt our interview really, really quick to tell you that we have had so much fun making this podcast for you. We've added a YouTube channel. We're getting ready to start some new podcasts. We would love it if you would join us by subscribing wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube with your subscription. It just makes it possible for us to continue doing what we do. Yeah, we can continue to get great people to interview and attract more. Yes, and bring you what you want to hear. So let us know what you want to hear. Subscribe. There'll be buttons below. And you guys, we appreciate you so much. And milk for kids. And the school wants everybody to have milk. Thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a fan. You just twitched when she said that you're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, milk is, it can be so inflammatory for us kids and adults. I mean, cow's milk is so much different. Consuming that is so much different than consuming breast milk. 
And the other problem too, is that I don't know how much you've learned about raw milk versus pasteurized milk. We, we just, there's many states in this country that don't legally can't sell raw milk. So like the, my state is one of them. It's very hard to find raw milk and the, the pasteurized milk, it's, it's heated at such high temperatures and that's to prevent listeria and other bacterial growths, which is, is great. However, that kills off everything. It kills off the naturally occurring enzymes that the human body needs to actually break down that milk sugar. So we also kill off the beneficial microbes. There's beneficial bacteria that keep our immune system strong, that help with our gut health. When it's pasteurized and so highly treated, that kills all that off. So you're left with, it's not a living food anymore. It's so processed. That also, when we can't break it down properly, that creates a big inflammatory reaction in the body. We also know that most milk has added growth hormones. So speaking of puberty at an early age, we're finding that it's the addition of hormones in our diet that is messing with our hormones. So milk is, it's, it really is not as healthy as it's touted. And so people who are choosing almond milk or soy milk <laughs> instead. Yeah. I mean, I so- mean, I prefer coconut milk meat, but I also like to get like the Thai coconut milk. Like that's just <laughs> not like the pat, you know, like the ones in the freezer section. That's not what I go for. Is that okay? Yeah. You got to look at the preservatives. So I really mm-hmm. like, is it native forest? It's like full fat coconut milk with cream. What I like to do is I'll have, I'll take like a lemonade pitcher and I will take that full fat of coconut milk with the cream. There's a little bit of liquid in there. I'll dilute it. So I'll put, I'll add some filtered water with that. Maybe a little bit of vanilla extract to give it more of a vanilla flavor and then mix that up really well and put that in the fridge because the only ingredient besides coconut in that is guar something guar it's not it's not a gum it's an approved preservative so that's I don't use a lot of non-dairy milks I just don't really there's nothing I really consume that would need it but that's what I used to do when I did a lot of like smoothies I used to do now I've learned how to make a smoothie without needing that but that's what I used to do when I loved my smoothies with coconut milk so yeah the almond milk there's there's just so many preservatives in most of those cartons a lot of them are so sweetened with sugar I mean oat milk that's such a popular thing now full of sugar even if there's not a lot of added sugar because oats are higher in carbs you do get an insulin response from that. And then the soy milk, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion, especially with, (laughs) we talked about genetically modified foods. Soy is one of those genetically modified foods. And so you're getting not only glyphosate that's sprayed on the soybeans, however, soy is what we call a phytoestrogen. And a phytoestrogen will plug into the same receptor sites as as our estrogen does, it actually competes for that. And so consuming a lot of soy, especially when you're going through puberty, can actually impact your hormone levels in a detrimental way. Yes. (laughs) Oh, oh, I hear you. Well, that is such good, good information. And I hope that whether you're a parent thinking about how to fuel your kid's body, if you're a student in college or in higher education and you're listening and you're hearing some of this and you're an athlete or you want to really help your skin or just your weight, 
whatever your motivation is, listen to these things, go to these websites. Again, we're going to have them in the link. And so on Instagram, you are the wellness page and your name page, not pages in the piece of paper page, <laughs> P-A-I-G-E. And then also drmindypels.com. I highly recommend her website as well as her books because I have found them so helpful. I originally found her on Diary of a CEO podcast and watched, it's like a two hour episode on YouTube. I broke it up. I watched half in the morning and half in the evening, but I couldn't wait to get back and keep watching because she really talks about environmental toxins as well and those impacts and it was just so informative and not not overweight to you to take on emotionally right but like just enlightening and and she gives some of those great suggestions and that's how I found you so you never know you might people might want to check it out I loved it I love her book fast like a girl it's been really good and it's teaching me a lot I'm Hopefully in a few more months when I get all through with the book, I'll be really on a great path with my my eating because I think it helps. I like to feel good. And so it's nice to feel good. And she, her book is really great to help. So if people need resources. Those are great resources to start. Yes. She's got a great YouTube channel too. So a lot of her videos are shorter. So I find yes, yes, that was just one. Busy. <laughs> yeah, we need those short, shorter videos. So she she's got lots of great ideas. Fast Like a Girl has a meal plan. It's got superfoods in there for your hormones. It's got different recipe ideas. It has different foods that support your hormones. So I, I love what you said about you want to eat well because you want to feel well. That's that's what keeps me going in this direction of healthy living. It's yeah, of course I love donuts and I love pizza time to time, but do I feel well when I eat them? No. So yeah, I'll have it here and there, but 90% of the time I'm making decisions that I know are going to fuel me because if I don't feel well, then I, what is there to life? You really have nothing without your health. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's such an important thing. And until you have felt better, you just don't get it. So you have to almost just trust, go through the process, Shannon, you can do it two weeks. (laughs) And then that's going to be your motivation to stay there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and when I you do it. fall off the wagon and eat something icky you feel icky you do it helps you know, motivate. that's where intermittent fasting can be helpful I find that after holidays or after my birthday or parties or whatever it may be throwing in a longer intermittent fast the next day or your gut will repair better you'll start to get rid of any of that stored sugar from over consuming carbs or sugars and it does give your energy, your body a break. A lot of people find that they actually get more energy when they fast too. But yeah, it's, it's okay to fall off the way and it's just, you got to get back on. I think I'm good for the next, you know, week. So, and, and I'm already feeling benefits. So it, it does, it feels really good. What have you noticed? I think I'm sleeping a little bit better. Def, like cravings have gone down. I don't think my energy is any higher but I've been also working out a little more. So that's good. So I've changed a few things. That's amazing. That's amazing. But it's happening at the same time as our interview with you. It's kind of coincidental. So meant to be (laughs) in Dr. Pell's book. What I think is really helpful for people at all different ages is she talks about how to eat with your cycle as a woman. And that's so different from men. They're they have cycles men, you have cycles, but (laughs) it's just really different than ours. But she talks about when to eat a lot of protein and when to eat a lot, you know, more carbs and how to follow that. 
and how it will impact your how you feel, how, you know, all those things, your PMS, all that stuff. And I think that is super powerful. I think most women can relate to that, especially young girls. And if you're a mom of a young girl who's going through puberty or has been through puberty and you're finding that she's really struggling with cramps or, you know, moodiness, sleep, whatever, it can be so helpful. And then she also talks about how you can really impact your immune system with certain types of fasting. So it's really interesting. People might want to check it out. It's it's definitely a book worth having. I, I found mine on Amazon and ordered it. I had it in two days. So if you're really interested, go get it. <laughs> and I will say it's, it's for men and women. Uh, the title may dissuade some men from picking it up. However, what we're finding, a lot of men are reaching out and they are quite impressed because they're learning so much about the women in their lives. They're learning about their daughters, their spouses, their sisters, their mothers. And so there's great information for anyone. There's great food suggestions in there for anyone. There's recipes in there for anyone. But to learn about the women in your life, even we talk a lot about on our platforms, how to talk to your teenager according to their cycle. So if you have someone Ooh, yes. say they're maybe not doing well in school and you need to have a hard conversation with them, don't do it right before their cycle is about to start. They're not going to, they're going to be more introverted. They're not going to be as receptive. They're going to be more sensitive. Whereas if they are closer to ovulation, that woman will naturally have more testosterone. She will have the most estrogen that she will have all cycle and she'll have a little bit of progesterone. So estrogen keeps you open and social. Mm. Progesterone keeps you calm and testosterone keeps you very confident and motivated. Women should feel their absolute best at ovulation. So if you have to have that a hard discussion with your teenager, try to see what their ovulation is and have it at that point because they're going to be more receptive and they're you're going to have a much better conversation than if you were to try a day before their cycle is about to start same with your spouse that's such good advice though like if if men knew some of those things i think it would revolutionize their experience (laughs) exactly so if men pick up that book you can start to learn about that the languaging and have those conversations. Like my husband, he actually knows before I do when I'm about to get my period, because he can just pick up on those subtle changes about how I communicate or how open I am. And it's amazing because I I find that it's helped prevent a lot of arguments if he knows I'm at a certain point. And so he doesn't get defensive if I get more snappy because he's like, oh, she's about to get her period. It's it's her hormones. <laughs> Maybe we need to train all the teachers in the world so that they know <laughs> their classroom, you know, like for even planning your lessons and things. Honestly, there's so many ways you could use that information. And as a teacher and educator, it could be very powerful. As an administrator or a leader in a company, it could be really powerful to think about some of those things and, and be looking for some of those cues to guide you on when you make those choices to have conversations or push things or even like letting a person work from home during certain time periods. So it could be so interesting. I think there's a lot to be learned and tapped into there. Yeah. And if you're an educator who still has a regular menstrual cycle, just know that the five to seven days before your cycle starts, you need to be having a schedule that's not so intensive. You need Mm -hmm. to be prioritizing your sleep. You should not be pushing it with exercise. 
you do need a little bit more carbs at this time. And so if you can plan your schedule around that at all, I'm not a teacher, so I I don't know. I, I know that you have to have like conferences at certain times and there's, there's things that are in the curriculum that you can't avoid, but can you change your lesson plans where maybe it's something a little bit easier right before your cycle starts? Or if you know that there's some, some big thing you have going on and your cycle starts, go to bed a little bit earlier, knowing you need more sleep to help you have better brain function that next day. So the book is, yeah, you can, you can plan this to your lifestyle, no matter what type of career you have. Dr. Mindy even works with high achieving celebrities and athletes, and she has educated them on how here's when you should perform. Here's when you should rest and scheduling their tours based on their cycle. It's, it's where we want to see the world going because it is such a critical piece to your performance, how you feel. And so you don't burn out. We see so many women that are burnt out and we can prevent that if we knew how to balance our lifestyle with our hormones. Thank you so much, Paige, for having this conversation with us today. I think it was really interesting and hopefully provided everyone listening with some little tips and tricks and things that they should be paying attention to for sure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Reach out to Dr. Mindy's platform with any questions. Like I said, I I do offer a lot of consultations. So if you ever wanted to do a nutrition consultation or general health, we do offer those services. So we've been starting to ask a question to all of our guests before they leave. And it's kind of a broad question. So just right off the top of your head, what would you say? What do you think is the why behind education in this country? Why are we trying to educate students? What do we want to get from that? Why? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the our kids are our future. They really are. They are, they should be the priority. And that starts with education. And also schooling and, and like public schools, that's not just a place to learn. That is a place to build relationships, to learn social skills, to learn discipline. For some, that might be the only place they can actually have fun and have play and have laughter. For some, that might be the only time they get to eat. So I find that education and going to school is so critical, not just for learning, but for becoming a better human. And so by being able to go to school and have an education, that's going to allow that child to fulfill their ultimate purpose in life. It's, it's where it all starts. Amen. <laughs> we agree with you. <laughs> Have a super great day. Thank you. I hope that our paths cross again. And everybody go check out Paige's Instagram and look below in the notes and we'll have all those links. Thank you so much. It was so nice to have this conversation. And yeah, we'll chat again soon. Shannon and I had such a phenomenal time talking with Miss Paige Edmonds. And she works for a great agency, Dr. Mindy Pals's agency. And we learned so much from her, especially the idea that the way that we eat and the way that we take care of ourselves dramatically impacts the way that we can, number one, involve ourselves with academic work, but have stamina and patience and the ability to work well. So for teachers who are listening, I know your job is so hard. We appreciate you so much. 
And we just want to say, please, please take time to listen to this episode and really consider how you might make small changes in the way that you eat, just packing veggies as a snack, little protein snacks that you can have throughout the day, and making sure that even though you have to eat on the fly, and we know that you do, that you eat well, and that you get good sleep, and that you're good to yourself, because you are a valuable asset to us. All right, guys, we appreciate you so much. Together, we can do better. We will be back at you next week with another great episode. See you then. Bye.